Welcome to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth program and podcast. I'm Lawrence Register Missionary Evangelist, and I have another message for you that I believe is current for our troubled times. The title of this message is The ABCs of the Perverted Alphabet. Now, in these last days, Satan has hatched up a new diabolical scheme. Not new, but he has brought it forth as though it was new again. It is one in which he has cleverly masked his intentions. He has finally convinced almost the entire world of mankind to make homosexuality the law of the land and declare that it is compatible with the natural God-given institution of marriage. Homosexuality has been around since the beginning of time and it rears up its head in every civilization. Now it has once again forced itself upon the human population in our civilization. But there's something more sinister today than ever before about this forbidden practice. It is no longer just about two men or two women, but now there are trans and bi's. And Satan is feverishly working to bring the entire population of earth under his seducing powers. He has now become even more brazen in his attempt to introduce it to the children and with the consent of many of their parents. It is madness today what parents are doing to their children. They're literally making pedophile bait out of them. Now in order to accomplish his goal, Satan and his agents have had to remove the stigma of the various titles associated with it and give it a more sociably acceptable one than the choice back when it was a hijacked word called gay. And because of the movement's evolutionary development, it could, not be, it could not help evolving into the various species that it has today. And because of its nature, it once again had to undergo cosmetically another name change to make it more palatable to postmodern political and religious tastes. So Satan ingeniously developed an acceptable procedure we call initialism. And with the tool of initialism, his agents have coined the phrase LGBT to replace what they see as the antiquated name gay community that has outlived its usefulness as society is exponentially changing its view. As if that somehow would soften the harsh sound of its past in hope of it lit genomizing and making it more acceptable, and it has worked. Now, initialism is not the same as an acronym. An acronym forms a new word, but initialism is only repeating letters. Therefore, they did not really give it a name, they gave it a set of evolutionary initials, making it part of the alphabet instead of from the alphabet giving it a name, which is the normal way things are named. The very nature of initialism is also evolutionary. We've already touched on the fact that it is evolutionary, and we understand by that process it evolves into what I call the ABCs of the perverted alphabet. And because homosexuality is by its nature also evolutionary and not procreational, Satan's design to use the method of abbreviation LGBT was only the beginning. It could be added to without end and would become all-inclusive and ever-expanding, 
and it would never again need to search for a new name. A June the 7th, 2019 New York Times article, and I quote from this article that more than 100 years ago, or, one, or more than 10 years ago, there was only four letters commonly used to group various sexual and gender minorities, LGB and T, which have been around since the 1990s. The article goes on to say, and I quote, these letters were an evolution toward inclusion and expansion of the language. They were used to represent the desperateness of a group that had often just been called the gay community. And in spite of their intent, the letters LGB and T themselves proved to be limiting. Now that times and attitudes have changed, the language to discuss sexual orientation and gender identity has also changed. As a result, the established LGBT abbreviation has acquired a few extra letters and a cluster of ancillary terminology around both sexually at sexuality and gender, but not everyone has adapted them yet. End of quote. Notice the last phrase, not everyone has adapted them yet. There are still some that refuse to be part of the mainstream. Now Satan's plan was that these four letters would only be the beginning, and that other letters would little by little be added to the initials LGBT. And from this would proceed a flood of acts that would be named and furthermore tempt mankind to become involved in and the governments of the world to legitimize. And once the pathway to legitimization was accomplished, the push for legislation would then be introduced to make these acts legal. And in time they would become acceptable to the hearts and minds of most of society and then to the church world. The abbreviation LGBT was only the beginning. Now there are many other sexual and gender orientations that are being discussed and decided upon. So many in fact you can continue to make them up without end. So many in fact that the whole process would border on the absurd and would have continued in the world in worldwide madness. One could just make up whatever letters of his, this alphabet of perversion they wanted their gender orientation to be. And today that process has already become acceptable to mainstream society. Look at the idea of transgender. The transitioning man or the transitioning female can now just decide whether they want to be either a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, regardless of what their birth certificate states. See, no one is wanting to transition into a thing. According to the new standards of our governing part of society, better known as the PC police, that on whatever day you wake up, all you have to do is decide. Do I want to identify as a man or do I want to identify as a woman? The word decide has become the vanguard of the LGBT movement. You can identify as a man today and change back tomorrow or in the next five minutes if you choose or if you so decide. Example, a man can enter a woman's restroom, turn around and walk out and enter the men's restroom all in the same five minutes. It has come down to one word and that's the word to decide. Our society is becoming human chameleons. How ironic we have reached a time that seemingly many Normal adults no longer know which 
restroom they want to use. In our civilization, we have finally reached a point in time where there are now no set laws or rules for governing ourselves. History is being eradicated and erased, and the Constitution and settled laws are being rejected. Everything is constantly changing. There are no moral absolutes. Our moral judgments have come down, come down to only one choice, situational ethics. Or as I said, the word decide has taken over. <coughs> the politicians stick their finger up in the air to see which way the political wind is blowing on the issue of public bathroom facilities. The cost is only a vote in how morally cheap the politician is willing to work today. But in the exchange, it will cost the politician much more than they imagine. It will cost him or her their own soul. For what profit, the Bible says, shall it, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, Mark 8, 36. Look what academia is doing. Is they constantly tamper with the pronouns as far as gender is concerned. I have an article that shows us just far, just how far we have come in this technological world of insanity. It's titled, Young People Refu Refusing to Use Full Stops in Sentences Because They See Them as Aggressive. The article goes on to say, the world's leading language experts have noticed that young people are fundamentally altering written communications based on what they perceive to be aggressive. In particular, the use of full stop or periods in the sentences diminishing according to linguists because it has come to signify annoyance or offense. In young people's instant messages, they have a new rule in signifying an abrupt or angry tone of their voice, notes Owen McArdle in a, a linguist at the University of Cambridge. Professor David Crystal also a leading uh, expert on language, says that the period is perceived as ominous by young people, particularly because the use of text messaging means that the end of the sentences are becoming thing of the past. Each one now has his own text message. The professor, the professor claims that the full stop is no longer the end of a sentence, but is now an emotional marker. Crystal noted in his 2015 book, Making a Point, people simply do not put stops in unless they want to make a point. Crystal points to a 2015 Bingham University study that found college students perceived text messages ending in a full stop as being less sincere than those missing one. During the same study, researchers discovered that the exclamation points had the opposite effect making people seem more sincere and engaged. I have my own, now that's the end of quote, but I have my own alternative opinion, and I believe that is intellectual laziness. You see, these are they that, are they call themselves the educated elite. But Paul best describes them in Romans chapter 1 verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Just like the article I just read to you, sounds like a bunch of foolishness. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Talk about a world that is about to be turned upside down. We have one on our hands. 
Now we could go on and on on this language of imbecility, but I want to draw your attention to one more thing before we move on. As to where all of this is coming from and where it is leading. And that is the gradual erosion of language. Now the gradual erosion of language was depicted by George Orwell in his classic dystopia novel entitled 1984. Notice the word dystopia. It means an unimagined state of society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. Dystopia is what is guiding the minds of socialism and the anarchists that we see in our streets today. Sound familiar? We are not entering in, or, or should I say we are now entering in, in our minds today to the land of dystopia. It is the mind of imagination about a place on earth that does not exist. Literally our children are growing up in George Orwell's 1984 in the year 2020. In the novel 1984, the all-powerful party mandates something called Newspeak, which focuses on, listen to this, it focuses on diminishing language in order con to control the range of thought. That's exactly what this article, The Young People Refusing to Use Full Stops, is showing us. It focuses on diminishing vocabulary. That means the vocabulary is getting smaller. In the movie 1984, they were constantly coming out with a new dictionary. And each time they came out with that dictionary, it was smaller than the one before. Why? Because diminishing vocabulary, they used it in order to control the range of thought among the general population. This is what we are facing today with our cell phones, internet, messaging, and with the help of that internet, these will one day enslave mankind and he will curse the day that they were invented. They were thought to educate us better, but they will leave man in a state of controlled ignorance in the end. Imagine one day the internet suddenly disappears. What would your world be like? And it will disappear for the mindless herd out there, but not the all-powerful party. You see, the, the internet that we use today is a toy compared to the internet's, the party's internet now and of the future. We just, we are just playing with a toy. It is not my objective in this message to search out and acquaint myself and you with all this perversion and endless alphabetical nonsense. So I want to get on. And to do so, if I were to do that, it would border on the neurotic, perverted side of man's dark, sinful past, and I refuse to go there. We have a satisfactory description in the Scriptures. Now these Scriptures I'm going to read to you are some of the most graphic texts on the depravity of man in the Bible. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even, even their women did not change the natural use, and that did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, 
burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Romans 1, 24, 26, and 27. And now even in these texts, as God is overshadowing their description of sexual perversion, still the human mind envisions the acts. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 11, and 12, and have no fellowship <coughs> with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of, <coughs> of those things which are done of them in secret. God knows how we need the Holy Spirit in this dark hour to continually wash our minds. But I want us to understand the deception of Satan in his scheme. It was first used to normalize and then to legalize homosexuality was only the beginning of his scheme. Now that the abbreviation LGBT has been accepted and made the conversational law of the land as words of choice, all Satan had to do with any perversion he wanted to introduce is to insert its letters into his alphabet as he seeks to rebuild again his Tower of Babel. Almost everyone is acquainted with what the abbreviation LGBT stands for, so I don't have to enlarge upon it. What all of this that we have covered so far is leading to is what I want us to see here are the the next two other perversions that are imminently that we are imminently facing today. And I strongly believe that they too will soon become naturalized and made the law of the land, and any other lifestyle that follows will just simply be added to the evolving moniker LGBT. Since the 1960s, when the initializing LGBT was first started, there have been several others added, and the list goes on. The next two versions, ver, perversions, I believe, that is on the horizon for us and are what I want to talk about for just a little while with the remainder of time that I have left. There are forces working overtime, agents of Satan, doing everything that they can to normalize and legalize these next two perversions coming on the human race. One of these is pedophilia. Now let me say at the onset, I am not one, nor am I associated in any way with QAmon. And I do not have any proof of our entire government that it is run by a bunch of pedophiles. I am a preacher of the gospel. I'm only the voice of one crying into this wilderness world that we live in today. But there are those in the social and academic world and let's not forget the mainstream media, mainstream media news networks, all working tirelessly day and night to change the way we think about the pedophile. A, bar, a blog by Andrew Wilcott titled, Horrible Things Are Happening Right Before Our Eyes, The Normalizing of Pedophilia, Child Sex Trafficking. That was the title of his argument, of his article. And in his article, he quotes a New York Times piece titled, Pedophilia, a disorder, not a crime. The contributor is Margot Kaplan, who argues that laws in this country are failing people who are living with pedophilia. A mental, as she writes, a mental disorder defined as an intense 
and reoccurrent sexual interest in prepubescent children, and that these failures seem to stem largely from two main misconceptions. Now what she's saying here is that this is a mental disorder and that, that pedophilia should only be a title and not an act. And she says there are two main misconceptions. She says number one misconception is that pedophilia is a status and not an act, she writes. But I do not agree and cannot, I, I, you cannot separate the title from the act. It, to her, the title is pedophilia, that is a status and not an act. But I say that it is a title that is the rape of a child is the criminal act. A second misconception, Kepler writes, is that pedophilia is a choice. She says that's our misconception. People like me, I misconceive it. That it's not a that it's a, a, a choice. It's not a choice, but it's something that they can't help doing. She points out that recent research, while often limited to sex offenders because of the stigma of pedophilia, suggests that the disorder may have neurological origins. End of quote. In other words, she is saying the pedophile cannot help themselves. Now these are the often smoke screens that the proponents of the normalcy of pedophilia advocates use. True or not, it is a sin problem and must be controlled as is every other crime against humanity. And all sins and crimes could argue these same points if need be for their defense. The heterosexual rapist of women could claim the same. He could claim that it's a mental disorder and therefore rape is, is, uh, is, is not a, an act but it is a status. Rape is okay because I have a mental disorder. Kaplan even went on to argue in her article that pedophiles should be protected under the American with Disabilities Acts of 1990 and Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. But she says Congress had explicitly excluded pedophilia from such, from such legal protection. Now, an article from the Daily Caller says that pedophiles believe that they should be a part of the LGBT community. Now, I'm wondering if the LGBT community wants them and would invite them to be a part. But she says that the article says they want to be. Pedophiles are rebranding themselves. They're changing their name to MAPS. M-A-P-S, or minor attracted persons, in an effort to gain acceptance and be included into the LGBT community. MAP, M-A-P, will be their new addition. They know that once they are in the LBGT community, or LGBT community, they know that once they are in there, that they are safe and no one would dare question their status. And then we would have the LGBTQMAP. According to Urban Dictionary, the blanket term MAP includes, now listen to this, this blanket term of MAPs would include infantophilia. What is infantophilia? It is having sex with children five years and under, down to babies. It includes 
pedophiles. That's prepubescent children from the ages of five years old to ten years old. Can you imagine? Then you have hebophiles. That's pubescent children ages 11 through 14. <clears throat> now let me say this. This New York article says that this age is okay. We'll, we'll find out more about that in just a minute. And then ephebophiles, that's post-pubescent children between the ages of 15 and 19. So you see, these pedophiles seek to be a part of the LGBT community and even going so far as to make a pride flag for Gay Pride Month. Now, I warned uh, this was coming in one of my messages about a year ago on my anchor podcast, Replacing the Natural with the Unnatural. You need to go on that podcast and listen to that message. When one gets away from God's absolutes, it is a downward path to a pit without a bottom. Their goal in pedophilia is to change mankind's view of it, to think of it as just a, a normal sexual preference. Now, they will not accept Kaplan's idea of mental sickness. They want equality. They do not want to look on as being mentally ill. Their first step is to try and get the liberal courts to decriminalize, decrim, decriminalize it by making it a preference instead of a crime. And this tentacle of pedophilia, with the help of its advocates, is well underway as we speak. There's an article in the calderandpool.com that said, California legislators passed a bill softening sex offenders registry requirements for sodomy with minors. After decriminalize it, they will seek to remove the stigmatism by lobbying Congress for an age of consent between adult and a minor to be lowered. I thought surely that they would start with lowering it just a little bit. Maybe somewhere between 17 and 16, and then the year after that, they would push for it to be lower and lower until it had no limit and accepted by society. But according to a New York Times article dated 8-29-2020, the New York Times sympathizes. The New York, let me state that again. The New York Times sympathizes with adults who want sex with 13-year-old girls. Now that's the New York Times' is, is position on pedophilia. With them, they have sympathy for these adults who want to have sex with 13-year-old girls. They're giving the green light to them. These advocates of perversion are going straight for the juggler vein of moral decencies. I was off in my calculation about three years. These are already called victimless crimes as if somehow it made little or no difference or it was okay. <coughs> you see this will you say this will never happen. But remember, this is a very dark world that we live in, and right now, for the time being, society is saying that pedophilia is unacceptable. But what about tomorrow? Remember there was also a time when the murder of unborn babies 
was unacceptable. And what you are seeing in politics and in our streets in America today is God's judgment in part for the murder of the unborn on America. Since the Supreme Court ruling Roe v. Wade in 1973, over 44 million unborn babies were murdered. And 19 of them, 19 million of them were black babies. And the black population makes up only approximately 13% of the population. What a human tragedy. I wish the black America would fight for the life of unborn black babies as hard as they fight for their adult rights. But keep in mind, remember, this is the same society that only a few short years ago, when polled, said overwhelmingly that marriage between two men or two women was unacceptable and was not the norm. That time stamp was about two presidents ago. The New, York, the New York Times, in its article, seemed to apologize to men in prison for soliciting sex with minors. Rather than focusing on how sex crimes devastated victims' lives or the effect of organizations to halt sexual violence against children worldwide and domestically, or even focusing on the grueling work of law enforcement agents involved in solving these vile crimes. But the Times waxes sympathetically about the lives of three men who were arrested for soliciting sex with minors online and how it has affected their families. But little by little, Satan was able to persuade mankind to change their views on same-sex marriage as they did with the idea of shacking up, especially when the children and the grandchildren started to come out of the proverbial closet. Then all of a sudden, grandparents and parents' views drastically changed. Christians' views drastically changed, seemingly overnight, but with no more argument and no more reason that it was now their flesh and bone that was coming out of the closet. But Paul said to us Christians in Galatians chapter 2, verse 18, If I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. In other words, if that which I once built a foundation of being against these things, and now I am for these things, I make myself a transgressor against the laws of God. And it wasn't long before it became the law of the land, sanctioned by the Supreme Court of the United States. And after that, the United States began to export this ideology to the rest of the world at taxpayers' expenses. This is the same tactic that Satan will use to legitimize pedophilia. I have already seen mothers side with their old pedophile sons over his sexual abuse of his own children and grandchildren. Now there are more on the Times article. The Times introduces him the pedophile. Listen to this. Not first by his crime, sentence, or any apology for his actions. This is how they introduced him. But by telling about his hobbies and close relationship with his mother. The paper described him as an avid online gamer, a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon master, and, in the words of his mother, introverted, sensitive, immature, coddled, nerdy. Jace Hambrick, 20 years old, connected with a Craigslist ad for sex that was ultimately part of a net 
Nanny Steen. This wasn't the first time he had solicited sex online. Hambrick answered an ad and exchanged messages with an undercover agent posing as a 13-year-old girl. That's pedophilia. We are already seeing signs of the established axiomatic value system in society began to crack and break down. The forces at work will not rest until these perverted acts perpetrated against minor children will become normalized and then by the highest court in the land become fixed law. Other normal laws that govern society for the well-being of all seem to be flexible and sometimes evolving and easy to overturn, but not so with the laws that protect perversion. They seem to be like the laws of the Medes and the Persians set in stone. Sooner than later, Satan's progressive alphabet of perversion will receive some new letters and society and the politicians will refer to the insane perverted acts against children by its letters in the perverted alphabet. And it along with other acts will be spoken as normal as they do today with the abbreviation LGBT, etc. In this time we live in, we have to be constantly reminded of the difference between good and evil, right and wrong, that which is natural in a relationship and that which is unnatural. Because today's philosophy keeps swallowing up people's true moral values. I warn you, today you may be, you may know the difference. You may be against the unnatural acts. But what will you believe tomorrow? Where are those who will lift up their voices with me before more innocent children are caught in this awful web of the ABCs of perversion? We tend to think pedophiles are the debased, criminal-minded parts of society, the mentally deranged. But what we're discovering by child, by child pornography rings that have been busted by law enforcement is that that is far from the truth. The list is made up of judges, lawyers, law enforcement personnel, Hollywood actors, doctors, medical personnel, sports coaches, both professional and little leaguers, company executives, educators, politicians, priests, pastors, and both male and female, male and female perpetrators, as well as those from the lower echelon of the workforce today. Many thousands from all walks of life are addicted to child pornography and are preying on the innocent. About two years ago, while talking to a, uh, a new pastor here in Beaumont, Texas, in the middle of the conversation, the pastor told me that before he came here, he was working with an organization to help pastors addicted to porn. Think of that. Our churches today have to do a background check before they can hire a pastor, a youth pastor, a teacher, anyone working with small children, lest they have a, a, an act perpetrated against one of the children in the church and the whole church can be sued. So they have to do a background check. The Bible says, Know them that labor among you. We have an epidemic in our country and around the world, and I dare say that in the world of pornographic addiction, child pornography is close to the top of the list. I don't like to, but can you imagine little boys and little girls from the age of 17 and down to as young as a few months old falling helplessly in the hands of these monsters? What suffering 
torment they must be enduring as these brute beasts play out their sexual fantasies upon them without mercy. Hideous acts robbing them of their innocence all the while under these torturous and degrading sex acts these wicked of all perpetrators driven by demon powers of uncontrollable lust work out the most evil of all time, crimes against humanity's most vulnerable and helpless victims. And what madness and evil to think of the highest court in the land. <clears throat> if the past and the present be our future, we'll surely one day much make such revolting and repulsive acts on a minor sanctioned by law. That will guarantee that those evil men and women will have an endless supply of young children to satisfy their lust and perversion on. It will make the acts of Jeffrey Epstein and all his sexual predators, friends, pale in comparison. It has become so bad that the civil groups have had to organize and are working with law enforcers to try and combat the growing demand of children for sexual pleasure at the sports venues such as the Super Bowl and the NBA games, which are magnets for child prostitution. And no self-respecting Christian should ever go to one of those places. At many of these events, like the Two-Face God Janice that they are buy tickets to attend these sports events and then under the cover of darkness while away from home sexually abuse little boys and girls in hotel rooms. All the while these same people have children of their own at home. These could be your father. These could be your brother, your grandfather, your aunt, uncle, your coach, your doctor, your priest, your pastor or your neighbor next door. Now I would continue to describe these monstrous crimes and could, could, could submit article after article, but I grow sick just with the little I've already submitted for your conscience. Now let me turn to another, in closing here, another lifestyle of perversion that is just as repulsive. That's a crime against God's creation, the animal world, and that is bestiality. Romans chapter 8 verses 21 and 22 show us the fall of man and how it affected the animal world. Paul said because the creature itself, that's the animals, that's the world, also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. When man fell, he brought the whole creation down with him and the animal world with him. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. That creation is also, Paul is saying here, is subject to sin and sin suffering also. The suffering animal of animals by simple perverts because of sin. This part of my message should be dear to the heart of animal lovers out there. It is another perversion that is on the rise in mainstream America today. Just in the last few years, Sexual, think of that. Sexual abuse of animals has risen more and more. What kind of world are we living in? We read of individuals being arrested for this dastardly deed of sexually abusing their pets or someone else's pet or some farmer's livestock. Well, I have read one article, one disgusting article that said a man so sexually abused a little puppy that it died. Where is the outcry and the outrage 
by the people at PETA about this awful sin of bestiality and all pet lovers. Again, there are those in the social, political, and academic world as well as legal scholars that are floating the idea of bestiality as a new normal. You hear me today. It won't be long and this too has its letters in the ABC of the alphabet of perversion. The clinical term for bestiality or definition, they call it a form of animal abuse. I won't go into detail of the, term, of the meaning of it, but it's still clinically called animal abuse. Then some name will be chosen that will soften the term bestiality. Then represent it by the first letter of that name. And once again put in the portfolio of the doubles progressive evolution of the ABCs of the perverted alphabet. Now, I think we underestimate how many people in the political, academic, and business, and legal world are secretly indulging in a dark life of sexual acts of perversion with animals. We've been taught that other acts of perversion are only, were only a small percentage of the population, and we bought that lie and were surprised when many began to come out of the woodwork, and we will again be surprised at the large amount of bestiality there is out there in our land today. Now in closing, I want to say how ingenious it is of Satan to devise these schemes and cause the world to accept them and make them a part of everyday conversation in order to legitimize it. When that is accomplished, they insert its abbreviation into the LGBT list and normalize it by putting into everyday speech. And then from pulpits to the halls of Congress and around the world, its cause will be championed. We are living in the last days and the return of Jesus Christ is at hand. Scripture says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In second, in second Timothy three thirteen, then in second Timothy four two and three, the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and said to him, Timothy, and this is for us preachers out there, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. Why? Paul said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now the majority of you will not take this message seriously and many more will call me just another hate monger, intolerant conspiracy theorist and phobus of everything. But these things will and are happening and shortly you're going to see these things come to pass in news on the television society and in your own family. You're going to remember this message. I warned you that these things are coming to pass. You're going to see a society drastically change and continue that change until morally it will be unrecognizable. When these things continue to take place in our society, we that preach against these sins and we that dare to believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ for His church will be scoffed at as Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 2 that in the last days there will come scoffers. And after Christ comes and takes His church out, this world is going to become totally demon-possessed. There will be no end to the wicked inventions of men. Only madness will prevail upon the earth. Now I leave you with these words of our Lord. He said, as the days of Noah were, 
as the days of Lot were, so shall also be the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. We are entering into that kind of dark world as we speak right now. If you would like to receive a printed copy of this message or be on the monthly mailing list or have any questions, contact us at rdwtruth at yahoo.com. You may also hear this and other messages on our podcast at Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, and many others. I want to ask you to please help us spread the Word of God on this program by sharing it with others. I'm not asking for your finances. I'm asking you to just simply share it. We also covet your prayers that the Word of God will have liberty to be broadcast in these last days of censorship because, because we're going to be censored. Voices like mine are going to be cut off. That's why I'm getting as much out as I can now. We are seeing the erosion of the freedom of speech especially where the gospel of Christ is concerned. Let me also remind you that we're living in the last days just before the coming of the Lord for His church. And that's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, after, after we read all of the scriptures before that, he said, therefore comfort one another with these words. Thank you for listening. Rather be in a deep dark grave.